Takes is a podcast from BCA Research, informing investors with straightforward, actionable analysis of macro and market events. Hi there, and welcome to the Quick Takes podcast. I'm your host, Rakaya Ibrahim, strategist at BCA Research. Over the past couple decades, China's rapid economic expansion has helped to boost the global economy. However, the country is now facing structural headwinds that will weigh on its rate of expansion. Meanwhile, a new trend is emerging whereby India's economic growth rate is beginning to exceed China's. So a key question emerging from this dynamic is whether or not India can replace China as a driver of global growth going forward. To help answer this question, this week my colleague Rajiv Pramanik is joining me on the podcast. Rajiv is a strategist at BCA's Emerging Market Strategy Service, and he's recently published a report on this topic. Hi, Rajiv. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So, Rajiv, one of the key dynamics in global financial markets at the moment is the lackluster economic conditions in China. There's a cyclical component to the story, but there's also a structural one as well. And our colleague, Arthur Budagian, who heads BCA's China Investment Strategy Service, has joined me on the podcast on multiple occasions to discuss the structural headwinds that are facing the Chinese economy. And we've discussed both the macro and the demographic forces that are driving this. Now, given that China's rapid expansion in the past has been a tailwind for the global economy, a key question facing investors is what are the global implications of a slowdown in Chinese economic growth? And Rajib, you've written an extremely interesting report recently, which addresses the question whether India can replace China as a driver of global growth. But before we answer that question, I think it's first important to understand what you mean when you discuss a country's contribution to overall global GDP growth. And based on that, how has India performed relative to China? Sure. Well, uh, there are at least two ways we can measure a country's contribution to global GDP. The formula itself is relatively straightforward. The contribution of an economy to global growth is a factor of its own growth rate and its weight in the global economy. The higher these figures are, the higher the contribution. Using this formula, China's contribution to global real GDP growth has exceeded that of all other economies since the global financial crisis. India's contribution has been relatively low at about a fifth of China's contribution on average. But If instead of real GDP, we look at GDP based on purchasing power parity, India does significantly better. Under this method, its contribution turns out to be uh, close to that of the US and the euro area since the global financial crisis. Uh, The reason behind this difference is India's significantly higher share of global economy when it is measured in purchasing power parity terms, which is about uh, 7.2% of global GDP than when it is measured simply in real terms, which is about 3.3% of global GDP. Now, just to explain, the size of the economies expressed in purchasing power parity terms adjusts for the purchasing power of different countries and therefore gives a truer measure of the relative size of those economies. In that sense, uh, India's contribution to global GDP growth is already meaningful. And there's also a good chance it will rise further in the coming years because India's growth rate will likely remain much higher than in developed economies. So India's weight in global GDP will also continue to rise in line with it, whereas those of developed economies will fall. 
So India's contribution to global GDP growth will keep rising while that of developed economies will keep falling. So here you're referring to the contribution of the individual economy, in our case, either China or India, to total global growth. But what if right. we exclude that individual economy from the global growth measure and instead capture an economy's contribution to the rest of the world's GDP growth? Does that change the results? Yes, it does. Actually, contribution to the rest of the world's GDP growth, that is, other than itself, is another way to look at the global impact of a particular economy. And this is how it works. A country's imports helps boost growth in the countries where its uh, imports come from. Similarly, a country's exports reduce the growth rate of those countries that buy such goods and services. Um, let's take an example, China. China's imports are very high, of the order of $3 trillion annually. When China buys all these goods and services, it boosts growth in the countries where China buys it from. But China also exports a massive amount of stuff, around $4 trillion annually. Uh, these exports subtract from the rest of the world's GDP growth. And since China traditionally exported more than it imported, it historically shaved off GDP growth rate from the rest of the world. In contrast to China's net exports, which is about 1% uh, of global ex-China GDP, India's net exports have been persistently negative, albeit very small, at around uh, minus 0.1% of the global ex-India GDP. Uh, in other words, India traditionally imported more than it exported. And if we exclude India's net oil imports, India's net exports figure is closer to zero. So one can say that India's overall trade, and especially non-oil trade, is too small to matter to other economies. Now, in terms of outlook, I do not think that in the coming years, India's net exports will either meaningfully add to or subtract from the global ex-India GDP. But China's net exports will likely stay in surplus. Uh, this is due to a combination of weaker imports by China, but still resilient exports. Now, China's imports will weaken because of slowing growth in the country's capital spending and or construction sectors. But Chinese exports will likely stay uh, reasonably steady. The reason is China will likely pursue the policy of a weak currency because of its economy's uh, chronic deflationary tendencies, and that will support its exports. So what all this means is that China will continue to subtract from global, global ex-China GDP, whereas India will have minimal uh, impact on global ex-India GDP. Now, when trying to capture the financial market implications, which of these two methods that you've described uh, is most appropriate? And based on your analysis, can India replace China as a driver of global growth? Uh, when trying to measure the financial market implications, especially from a cyclical perspective, one should focus on China or India's imports from the rest of the world rather than their contribution to global GDP growth. As I just mentioned, China's import, China imports a huge amount of different kinds of goods from numerous corporations based in the rest of the world. For example, it imports about $800 billion worth of capital goods annually primarily from Europe, US, Japan, and Korea. The fluctuations in those imports visibly influence the stock markets of those exporting countries. By comparison, India's annual capital goods imports are just around $150 billion, and it has no visible impact on the stock markets of those countries. 
In a similar way, the fluctuations in China's imports from the rest of the EM affect the stock prices of those EM markets, including uh, those in Latin America and ASEAN. This is because China is often the largest importer from those from most of those countries. As to the question of whether India can replace the impact of China on the global economy, the short answer is no. India's annual imports are only about $900 billion compared to China's $3.1 trillion. So it will be nearly impossible for Indian imports to rise enough to upset any plausible slowdown in Chinese imports. And this is especially true in the case of industrial commodities. Uh, China imports and consumes between 50 to 60% of global consumption of various industrial commodities like uh, copper, aluminum, nickel, zinc, steel, and so on. By comparison, India's figures are between 2 and 6%. And this cannot change meaningfully in a matter of a year or two. And that's because unlike China, which has adopted a capex and manufacturing-led growth path, India has veered towards a services-led growth path. But the need for commodity-intensive capital investments and manufacturing raw materials is much lower. So for India's commodity demand to rise meaningfully, the country will first have to change course to adopt the Chinese growth model. And that will take many, many years, if at all. So the bottom line is that India is currently not in a position to replace China's impact on the global markets. Well, Rajiv, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Quick Takes podcast. We'll be bringing you weekly quick takes with BCA strategists on a range of macro and market topics. Stay tuned for next week's episode.